The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. So today we are going to finally discuss one of the most rich, like psychologically rich TV shows out there, Veronica Mars. I am so excited to be talking about the show. This is one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, I, we just finally finished the whole thing, the movie and the last fourth season that just came out. And it was quite amazing. This episode is going to have a lot of spoilers, so if you have not seen it, be warned. So, Dr. Scarlett, you have used Veronica Mars in a lot of your therapy work. You have written articles, you use examples in your workshops, and we're now finally doing an episode on this amazing character and this amazing series. What do you personally like about the character of Veronica Mars? and this wonderful TV show. I think the character of Veronica Mars shows how young people, especially girls, but I think people of all genders can stand up for themselves and stand up for others. It shows how teenagers and young adults can cope with some of the most horrific situations that people can go through, including sexual assault and bullying and tragic losses and experiencing mass killings and terrorism and she shows how to experience these tragedies and how somebody can heal from these experiences in actually a pretty healthy way in terms of connection with other people in terms of finding some kind of meaning in this experience in terms of connection with their core values and trying to help somebody so she is the walking representation of post-traumatic growth i have to say i am definitely a marshmallow you're marshmallow veronica mars a twinkie Marshmallows are fans of the show Veronica Mars. I know a lot of people, including people like Joss Whedon, for example, are marshmallows. Uh, we actually see him make a little cameo in season two. It's Kevin, actually amazing how many cameos there are in yeah, this show. Kevin Even Smith, Kevin Smith, yeah. yeah. The show is amazing, and it's something that has actually helped a lot of my patients. So I've seen a lot of patients who've struggled with one or more of these issues Either they've experienced bullying or tragic losses or sexual assault or some kind of violence and also reported that seeing the way that the character of Veronica Mars handled these tragedies, the way that she was able to dive into trying to help other people 
help them to find meaning as well and allow them to find a path for healing as well. You briefly mentioned these tragedies and everything. And I mean, this series starts off with Veronica picking up the pieces from this whirlwind of trauma. Her best friend was murdered. She was sexually assaulted. Her father lost his job as the town sheriff. Her mother was an alcoholic who abandoned her and her father. She's rejected and socially isolated at her school. How is Veronica able to stay so strong and have such resilience under these challenging circumstances? I think what helps Veronica to find resilience and develop what we call post-traumatic growth, which means means finding meaning and recovery after trauma. It's something that's very healthy that a lot of people go through after they go through trauma. What really helps is finding meaning in her experiences. So for example, because she has been bullied, she knows what other people feel like when they're being bullied. So she stands up for them. In the very first episode, we see a new student, Wallace, being taped to a pole naked. But naked. <laughs> but naked and being made fun of and being bullied and harassed. So knowing what bullying feels like, Veronica stands up for him. She cuts him down from the pole. She helps him. She stands up to the bullies that are hunting him down, which are a motorcycle gang yeah. who are actually really scary themselves in helping people that have experienced some kind of tragedy or some kind of trauma, Veronica essentially becomes a hero. So I think that she gains so much wisdom and understanding because of her experiences that it makes her a compassionate and fierce warrior who uses her detective skills to help other people. I love that it's the beginning of this beautiful friendship between her and Wallace after she cuts him down from that flagpole. And then they become really good friends throughout the whole series. Absolutely. And what I would like to point out is that it's one of the not many teen shows that it starts out as a teen show that actually breaks gender stereotypes. It covers issues like sexism and it talks about LGBT community and it talks about transphobia and it shows what it means to be a strong independent woman and Veronica is such a powerful role model who breaks all gender stereotypes in the very opening episode in a very opening scene of the show where she rescues Wallace I think that because of that it's a powerful show for viewers of all backgrounds for viewers of all genders yeah. There's so many wonderful topics in this show that they cover that are necessary. And not only does Veronica experience sexual assault herself, in season three, there is a serial rapist on her college campus. After the Me Too movement, it has been more important than ever to bring these horrible realities to life. Why do you think this topic is so important? And how does this show convey the seriousness of this problem, especially in college? I think that the seriousness of this has always been around. The Me Too movement has brought it to light, but the situation has been going on forever. We first start seeing this in the second season, then we see more of it in the third season. But the power of the show is demonstrating how often these kind of claims get completely swept under the rug. I mean, Veronica herself, when she experienced sexual assault and went to the police station, was laughed at. 
she was not believed. Nobody did anything about... I know, the sheriff was really smug and horrible in that scene. He was. And she wasn't given any kind of a rape kit. Like, nobody went through the procedure with her. She should have been taken to the hospital to be checked and to have the rape kit for evidence and to also be counseled and supported. And the sheriff was a complete jerk about it. Is there anyone in particular you'd like me to arrest? Or should I just round up the sons of the most important families in town? I've got not a shred of evidence to work with here, but that really doesn't matter to your family now, does it? Mm, look at this. She cries. I'll tell you what, Veronica Morris, why don't you go see the wizard? That's for a little backbone. And unfortunately, this is what a lot of young women experience when they go to report a sexual assault. Some investigators might not be very kind and understanding. And of course, a lot are. And it makes a really big difference. Three simple words can make or break somebody. Three simple words that can really make somebody, even after such horrific experiences of sexual assault, feel a little bit safer. And these words are, I believe you. They're such important words. I'm tearing up even talking about this because you know in my situation the first person I told about my sexual assault did believe me and it was so empowering and so helpful to have this person tell me that just these words and I think for anyone there that has ever experienced it receiving these words is very powerful Veronica has to stand up to a very sexist and unjust system at Hearst College where multiple women are being not only assaulted but their heads are shaved and the administration is doing nothing about it. The sheriff's department is completely worthless in investigating this. So once again, it's up to her to find the serial rapist at Hearst College, which she eventually does. Spoilers. <laughs> I think that her own experience probably empowered her enough and gave her even more passion than she would have already had to help the individuals that have been assaulted in this way. Veronica experiences a lot of lies and has her fair share of betrayal. It's no surprise that it's hard for her to trust people and be vulnerable. I mean, she works with her father as a PI and she witnesses a lot of shady stuff. And one of them happens to be a lot of infidelity. A lot of PI work happens to be with husbands or wives hiring them to see if they've been cheated on. A lot of times they're correct. One of the ways she copes is by using sarcasm to keep people at a distance. Do you know what I think? I think you use sarcasm and anger as a way to keep people from getting too close to you. What can you say about Veronica's defense approach to relationships? I think it works for her to a degree and doesn't work for her to another degree. I think that her banter is helping her to not take things as personally as she otherwise might have and to stand up for herself and others and keep people at a distance. And at the same time, for people she's closest with, because she's so guarded, she's having a hard time opening up to her father and the people that she's dating. Even her best friend, Wallace, he knows about the cases she's working on, but he might not know how she feels and what she might be going through. And I think that to some degree, it actually hurts her relationships. When she and Logan start getting close, 
her expectation that people will lie and cheat on her often causes a lot of issues in their relationships. And it's understandable where her beliefs come from because this is what she has seen. And also, I think the experiences she's had with people abandoning her possibly create an expectation in her that she will end up alone. And I think because of that, she's learned to keep people at a distance. And unfortunately, it can become sometimes almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, in her case, of course, she and Logan do end up getting married. And the most heartbreaking part of all is that she ends up losing Logan on their wedding day, which I was absolutely devastated by. Mm -hmm. I still don't want to believe it. I, I still hope that somehow he's still alive and I hope he comes back. But everything we've seen in season four indicates that he probably died. What I thought was really empowering throughout the series, what has been consistent, is that Veronica does not need a relationship. She does not need a man to be strong. She naturally is. And also, I think one of the things she struggles with the most is that vulnerability, which can be really damaging at times. Yeah. As far as the Logan situation goes, I don't think he's coming back. I think that's the way it was written. To me, it was just not necessary writing. I do hope they have another season after this because it doesn't make sense to the story completely. And that's in my opinion anyway. But as we were talking about, she uses sarcasm to distance herself from these issues. But there are also times that I noticed where if something bad happens to Veronica, she engulfs herself in a case or working really hard to distract herself. Why do you think she's doing that? I think it's her coping mechanism. Productivity is a coping mechanism for a lot of people. And as far as coping mechanisms go, it's a healthier one. I think that, you know, some of us might disengage completely and might start shutting ourselves out from other people and maybe engage in either overeating or substance use or staying away from our responsibilities while other people dive into productivity. For me personally, productivity has always been my saving grace. It's the Slytherin side of me that has really gotten me through some of the most painful experiences of my life. Of course, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, to a degree it can be helpful. To another degree, it can actually not be helpful because we might almost burn out trying to be productive so that we feel better. For Veronica, when she is really struggling, solving a case and helping somebody makes her feel empowered. It gives her a sense of control, I think in a way that maybe other situations don't allow her to have a sense of control. It's a way that she, I think, keeps herself safe. I briefly mentioned her relationship with her father, Keith Mars. Veronica has a great relationship with her father. There was a very tense situation between them where a case led them both to believe that Veronica might have been a love child of someone else, of an affair, and they both secretly sent out for DNA tests to confirm their biological relationship. It was such a relief when they collapse in each other's arms after finding out that they are in fact father and daughter. Veronica, I am without a doubt your father. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
that charm of yours is learned behavior. That's your legs, baby. That was a really tense moment for me to watch. <laughs> Who's your daddy? Ugh, I hate it when you say that. The real interesting thing for me here, though, was that when Veronica received the results, she just shredded them up without even looking. She essentially chose Keith regardless of the truth. How powerful is chosen family? What a really great question. I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I mean, I'm kind of tearing up just talking about this. I think that our relationship with our parents or parental figures is really, really important. And some people like, you know, in, in this case, a fictional character of Veronica Mars are very fortunate to have loving and caring and supportive parents who are very understanding and there for them every step of the way. And some people are less fortunate and might either not have parents or lose parents or might have parents who are not understanding or judgmental or critical of them. And this is where having some kind of a parental figure, like a guide, a mentor, and this could be a chosen family, can be extremely powerful. I find that it's not so much our blood family that's most important it's the people that really get us people that keep us going even when they don't fully understand us it's the people that show up when it really matters and seeing veronica's relationship with her dad really affected me i found myself tearing up at multiple points of the show it's such a beautiful relationship how was your first day of school honey great I beat up a freshman, stole his lunch money, and then skipped out after lunch. What, no premarital sex? Oh, yeah, yes. But don't worry, Dad. I swear you're gonna like these guys. That's my girl. I missed you. Uh, I missed you too. Now where's my turkey pot pie, woman? I think it's a very healthy father-daughter relationship. They really love and care for each other. They really show up for each other. He's the kind of dad that I wish most dads would be. He's so supportive. Even when she was not really vibing with his significant other, he chose to end something that was actually working out pretty good for him. He sacrificed for his daughter. And that's not to say that every parent needs to sacrifice for their child, but the fact that they talk about things at depth, I think that's what makes their relationship great. Did you know she was still married? I did. I'm still married, Veronica. And that she was arrested for passing bad checks? When she was 21. What were you thinking, Veronica? I'm your father. What made you think you had the right to do something like this? What are you talking about, have the right? This, this is what we do. This is how we survive. I was trying to protect you. Protect me? I'm an adult, Veronica. You have let her into our life like it's no big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Makes me feel good about myself. Wanted in a way that I haven't in a long time. It makes me wake up with a smile on my face. And we didn't ignore your feelings. We tried to make you feel comfortable, but you chose to be snotty. Mom is still out there somewhere. Do you even care if she ever comes back? You didn't care until I started dating. You've been hard on your mom for months. You can find anybody. If she were a criminal, 
You would make a couple grand tracking her down and you'd have her back in a week. Well, maybe I don't care to find her. Have you ever considered that? Of everyone in Veronica's life, her father's the one she confides in the most. Being able to share with him about who she's dating and how her relationship is going and seeing how empathic and supportive he is, is really powerful. You know, she's dated Logan on and off multiple times. And despite the fact that Veronica dates Logan on again and off again, Keith never chastises her or criticizes her for it. And every time she and Logan break up, he's always very empathic and supportive. He always says, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. He's just the perfect dad. Is there anything I can do? Thanks. Really, I just need some time. Anything you need, honey, I'm here. He's really the kind of dad that I wish most people had. He's amazing. Their relationship is so amazing. It's so telling that after the first season when she's locked up in the, the freezer and he comes and saves her and she's just like, I love you so much. I knew you were going to save me. Hang on, honey. <laughs> I love you. Uh, I love you so much. I knew you. Oh, I knew you'd save me. <laughs> They just, you know, they have this super bond. As we mentioned, this show touches on many important and painful topics. One of these happens to be child abuse. The way you played the ungrateful son, determined to humiliate his father, was utterly impressive! Do you have any idea what you've just cost this family? Of course you don't. You've never had to work for anything in your life. Now, tomorrow, after school, you're going to get your first lesson in public relations. And Logan, don't you ever embarrass me again. We see Logan's father abusing him, taking his belt off and all these things. And the way that it cuts away to his mother drinking and everything and just sitting back like kind of tense. It's something that is obviously gone on for a bit. How can such abuse affect a person's development? Child abuse is something that can affect somebody, in some cases, forever. Child abuse is part of what we call adverse childhood events or ACEs. The more of these adverse childhood events or ACEs that somebody has had, like physical abuse, sexual assault in childhood, neglect, parental divorce, or death of a parent, parental incarceration, etc., the more individual is likely to struggle as an adult. That's not to say that they're doomed because a lot of individuals like Veronica who experience some of those things, like her parents separating, for example, do grow up to be very healthy individuals. And some individuals like Logan, for example, might later display certain violent tendencies, might experience fear of abandonment. We see him clinging very closely to his relationships. Whoever he's dating, he's very close with and has a really hard time letting go of his relationships. And it's understandable. His, what I presume to be first serious girlfriend, Lily, was murdered. His girlfriend after that, who was played by Paris Hilton, cheated on him and multiple girlfriends after that really hurt him what's your poison 
emotionally unavailable woman. It seems like his relationship with Veronica was the most meaningful one for him. He's the kind of person that when he's in a relationship, really dives all in and really just wants to be with that person. I think seeing how unhealthy his parents' relationship was, the constant infidelity, the fighting, then his mom's suicide and his dad's violence, I think really affected Logan in the way that he now treats his friendships and relationships. He keeps his friends close. So even someone like Dick that is not usually very supportive of Logan is someone that Logan is always trying to help. I think he's become empathic because of the horrific pain that he went through. And we see that in research too, that children who experience violence and child abuse are more likely to be empathic toward other people because they understand suffering. And also people who as children experienced abuse and neglect the way Logan did might be more likely to have anxiety about their relationships, might fear losing their partner or being cheated on by their partner or being abandoned by their partner, and might sometimes be prone to depression or difficulties in their health or their relationships. For Logan, I think after joining the military and even more so after going to therapy, and being able to process a lot of what he'd been through, a lot of his trauma, his losses. He learns to better understand his temper, his anger, and also his relationship with Veronica, and even encourages her to seek counseling as well, which she eventually does. I think that Logan is a representation of how toxic child abuse can be and how long-lasting these wounds can be and also how somebody might be able to recover and better manage these experiences by meaningful connections and you know at times by going to therapy and receiving support and processing their trauma yeah his trauma is just horrible even the fact that his father was the person who killed his girlfriend <laughs> and they find out about that. I mean, he definitely went through it. So there are so many topics in this series and one of them demonstrates the drastic differences between people of different races and social backgrounds, economical backgrounds. A lot of this series takes place in the town of Neptune, California, a made up town that is filled with all these rich and influential people, movie stars, and things like that. There's a lot of tension between these classes. Uh, for example, we see a lot of insults from the rich. They're about family members waiting on their families and being maids and whatever. You know that you don't need a diploma to steal hubcaps, right? We also see drastic differences between Weevil and the PCHers and Logan Dick and the other O-Niners, as they call them. What does this show suggest about people of different backgrounds? I think that the show did a really powerful job of showing the kind of classism and racism that unfortunately still exists today. It really brought to light how even within the same community, within the same school or the same neighborhood, these kind of differences can be really prevalent and how they can 
sometimes even lead to violence. Unfortunately, the reason why that happens is because there's this us versus them mentality. It's seeing people as others, seeing people as different from us that creates this polarization effect, right? Which causes us to think that we're in two different polar opposite groups. We're seeing that certainly with a character named Weevil, who is the leader of the motorcycle gang, who are called the PCHers because they ride on motorcycles on the Pacific Coast Highway. And the rich kids who are called the O-Niners because of the zip code that they live in and the kind of clashes that they go through. But what's really interesting is the show also depicts the humanity here. The show demonstrates that really we're all human. It doesn't matter where we were born, which zip code, the color skin that we have, the class that we have, we're all human in the same kind of way. And we could have been even accidentally born to a different household. We see that with Mac and Madison, who we learn were switched at birth. That scene with the mom and her through the window was... Oof. So painful, painful. so painful. So we can see that even like a luck of a drawer, we could have been born or even switched at birth and be on a different side of the neighborhood. But really, we're all the same. There's this one episode where Logan and we will both have detention and we see how they both start to bond. They even get together and solve a crime together or something, don't they? Or almost solve a crime. They certainly help one another and they both help Veronica at different times. What we learn from research is often when we see people as other, it creates this dehumanization effect, right? And that's where rival gangs, for example, might have the ability to kill somebody from the opposing side. As we see sometimes with the PCHers, if they're violent or, you know, even sometimes take a step to kill someone else from a different neighborhood, from a different club or organization or gang. And it doesn't take a lot for us to see the similarity either. So research suggests that seeing how we are similar can create that sense of humanity again. So in Logan and Weevil both being in the same situation and both of them being in detention, both of them being in trouble with the principal, and then them having to work together allows them to even become friendly and stand up for one another. Logan is able to see how unfairly Weevil is treated when Weevil gets expelled from the school and Logan barely gets into trouble for essentially the same crime. Logan actually risks his own well-being to make sure that Weevil is able to come back. You know what I love? I love that I get a zero for talking when you were the one who was talking to me. You get detention for dissing the teacher in front of everybody. And I get detention for laughing. Let me ask you something, man. This is detention or hell? How do you people not make yourself sick? I mean, it's like you walk on water in this school. For what? It's nothing that you do. I mean, all that matters is who your parents are and the zip code your mom shot you out in. If I donate to the United Latino Pain in the Ass Fund, will you shut the hell up? These differences and everything really come down to geography, opportunity, and access to things. Which it, is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because we see most of the O-Niners make it to college, and then we see Weevil, who is not able to do that. Nevertheless, he ends up owning his own shop and following his dream of doing that. I think that, unfortunately, to this day, it's true that 
people even within big cities like New York and San Diego, not only small towns, but people everywhere might have these difficulties where people with certain backgrounds might not have the same opportunities, might not be able to attend college or get the same job opportunities as people from other backgrounds and other socioeconomic statuses. Right. This reminds me of this research study I saw once where it had these two groups of children. One group had access to computers and the other kids didn't have access to it. And it showed that when they were asked these questions and everything, the one group of students that had the computers got the answers really quickly and it started to demoralize and incapacitate basically the other group. They just didn't have the access to these basic essentials that everybody else has. And it shows that people who have access have a bigger opportunity to better themselves. Well, and also might be more willing to keep going when setbacks show up, whereas people that are constantly having setbacks, when they're comparing themselves to kids with greater opportunities, might just somehow think that they're not capable. The truth is that the two groups are not different at all. The only difference is the opportunities that exactly. one group will receive. If I remember the study correctly, there was a curtain between them and both groups were asked the same question. What they didn't see is that one group had computers. Yeah, and there and was one like group. a buzzer when they were done or something like that. They were just like, oh my God, how'd they get it so quick? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So then eventually the group that didn't have computers gave up and stopped trying. What a powerful study, right? Because it really shows that people with lower resources are more likely to give up. And I think we need to be really aware of that and understand how people that are certainly less privileged and might not have the same opportunities as we do. And I think that it's really important to be aware of this issue still existing and work toward correcting that issue. Most definitely. It shows that even schools that don't have the proper funding, there's a school that is probably one zip code away that has way more funding. So those people are going to have opportunities and more resources and a better opportunity to achieve success than these people who don't have that. And it's no wonder that some people might lie about their home address to get their child into a better school and then they get years of imprisonment for lying about it, which makes no sense. The system. You briefly mentioned Mac, who is one of Veronica's really good friends. She's a computer hacker. She's super cool. You're judging me. Nope, I'm judging myself. Why don't I have a cell phone interceptor? Please respect the business model, Veronica. I do the gadgets. You do the actual espionage. What I want to discuss is the group that we surround ourselves with. Veronica cannot do things all on her own. She could do many things. She's amazing, but she needs support. Everybody needs support or a group of friends or just some kind of people to help out. And she has Wallace, Mac, Leo, and many others to help her out. And her father. And her father, big time. What I'm trying to say is what is the value of friendship and having these groups I think having meaningful social support is the essential foundation to being physiologically and psychologically healthy. There are numerous studies out there that are showing that exactly in that when we have meaningful social support, 
we are not only psychologically healthier, not only do we feel happier and more motivated, but we are likely to be physiologically healthier too because our bodies are more likely to release oxytocin and certain other helpful and healing hormones. At the same time, when we're surrounded by people who don't understand us, either people who are critical or toxic or rejecting somehow, that might actually make us feel lonely and alienated. So for Veronica, I actually think that having that support group that she builds around herself is one of the key factors that helps her feel better. So it's being productive and finding meaning and then also having significant social support. These two are essentially the key to how we create emotional resilience. And Veronica displays that beautifully. I think for any of us, when we're struggling, finding something, some kind of an activity that's meaningful for us, you know, in terms of helping other people or diving into a project that's really meaningful to us, and then also connecting with people that we are feeling really close to, people that we feel safe opening up to. Those two are the key factors to good emotional health and physiological and psychological resilience. Well, all I can say is that I'm very grateful and happy to have you on my side. Oh, and I'm happy to have you on my side. And what can I say? I'm just a marshmallow. Ah, we're marshmallows. And if you watch this show, you're going to become a marshmallow pretty quick. It's awesome. So this is a perfect opportunity for us to end this episode of Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. Again, my name is Dustin McGinnis. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill or Dr. Janina Scarlett Official on Instagram. We do want to let you know that we have gifts that we would love to give out to people. However, what we need is to hear from you. If you can, please like, subscribe, review our podcasts, uh, contact us at superhero-therapy.com. Feel free to tweet at us as well or contact us on Instagram. And we're going to randomly choose individuals to receive one lucky participant. Certain goodies such as a signed copy of Superhero Therapy and a stuffed emotional support Dragopur, which is part dragon, part cat from Therapy Quest. So message us and a lucky winner will receive those goodies free of charge to be sent to their address. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day, everybody.